It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder took care of business against the Utah Jazz. How were they able to start fast and finish fast against Utah? Plus, today marks the most important day in franchise history. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Game Time, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder going and taking care of business against Utah, SGA. Doesn't even break a sweat. Usman Jang is able to have a really good game off the bench. And Michich got some run as long as, as well as some other players who played really well. Today's show, of course, is brought to you by Game Time. Go download the Game Time app and create your account. Use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for uh, $20 off your first purchase. So with this game against Utah, you come into it and the Utah Jazz just have a lengthy injury report. You know, there's a few guys down at the G League, uh, Potter and uh, and and Bryce Sensiball and Johnny Jazang and, and some of those guys. But then, injury-wise, they're missing Laurie Markkinen. They're missing John Collins. They're missing uh, Walker Kessler. And those are three of their best players. And already this season, the Utah Jazz are not off to, uh, by any means, a, a hot start, right? The Thunder came into this game 14-7. and seven, and the Jazz came into this game 7-15. and 15. The Jazz also came into this game 1-10 on the road. They now drop to 1-11 on the road. The Thunder now go up 15-7 and seven, uh, overall record-wise. So this game was part of development. This game was part of growth, right? We always look at, at, at like what you can take away from a game growth-wise when it's a loss. A win where you go wire to wire and just dominate this team from start to finish. And I know that things kind of got lackadaisical uh, in the last part of the fourth quarter. That wasn't really a game uh, at that point. But to have never seen Utah lead in this game and to go up at one point by 38 points, right? Like that is a statement. That is uh, great development. And that is just you showing what you're capable of as a good team, right? The Thunder, that when I, where they want to get to is to be in that good team contender status. Well, good teams and contenders, when they're at home and rested and they're welcoming in a lowly team, one of the worst in the NBA, they go out there and sweep the leg early and then Shea doesn't play the entire fourth quarter, right? And then your starters get rest in the back end of this game because you go up 38 points. 
This is exactly what taking care of business looks like, and it's something that the Thunder, uh, you know, have struggled with in the past against teams like this. You know, last year even, last year's team, of course, uh, did not start the way this year's team has started. But like last year, even in January, even in February, whenever they were playing their best basketball, you dropped that game in Detroit, right? You 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 dropped that game in Detroit. You you drop a game to Charlotte. Like last year's team lost games like this. You know, and, and, and we've seen them throughout this season, now against better competition, obviously, you know, against Atlanta, against New Orleans, against better teams than Utah. But we saw them grow these big leads, and then they, they shrink in the blink of an eye. You know, this game didn't get down uh, to under double digits again until the very, very, very end of the fourth quarter whenever these two teams were just chucking up shots and it was Poku and 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 the, and the gang out there. It was Poku and the Sunshine Band out there uh, for the Thunder uh, having a victory cigar against Utah. So the Thunder, as a team that's actually going to be part of, of what this is moving forward, they did a great job, job of taking care of business. The Thunder win 134 to 120. Uh, they barely got out rebounded 41 to 39. Uh, they forced 15 turnovers and only turned the ball over 12 times. The Thunder shot 52, 47, and 94 on the shooting splits. Utah shot 47, 31, and 95. Really good effort from OKC all the way around. They won points. Uh, they uh, won points in the paint barely. Only no, lost points in the paint barely, I should say. Uh, one second chance points, which is a bit surprising because you lost the rebounding battle. But uh, fast break points, 21-15 for OKC. The, the big thing for Oklahoma City is to is to get in the mindset of you are one of those teams that like uh, has to win these games. Like this was a must-win game. When you look at the next five games, right? This game against Utah is already a win, and it had to be one because even if you give your A effort, even if you have your A game in Sacramento and in Denver. You could play your best brand of basketball just as anyone in the NBA could. You could play your best brand of basketball and still lose that game on the road. The Kings, the Nuggets, they are capable on any given night to be any team, regardless of effort level, regardless of production level, regardless of any of that. They're just good basketball teams, especially the Kings at home and especially the Nuggets anywhere. So like if you were to drop this game because you're overlooking the Jazz, then you can see how this quickly can unravel. That's why it's so important to, even though it's a bad Jazz team, and even though you could say, well, what does it matter? They weren't playing anyone. That's exactly when you fall into some of these trap games. And then you you come back to the Paycom Center after uh, that, that game in Denver. You come back to the Paycom Center and open up a lengthy homestand, which really spans the rest of the month for all intents and purposes. Only one more road game this month after uh, that that Nuggets game, so you get a you get a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy uh, homestand. And if you're just simply able to split against, you know, the the Kings and the Nuggets, you've done a fantastic job. Because if you split those, you're gonna beat Memphis, who is gonna have the last game of the John Morant suspension. They're gonna have John Morant. Then you play the Clippers, and then after the Clippers, you play the Lakers, and you're right back into a kind of a tougher, uh, you know, split there. But taking care of business is a huge sign of improvement of development, and it is a equally as big of a statement as beating the Warriors 
in overtime in Golden State. It's not as sexy as that. It's not as flashy as that. But this is what good teams do. Just like good teams have the resolve to go do that on the road, good teams have the the kind of mental focus to take this game seriously, even if the other team isn't. Take this game seriously, even if the other team plays, plays nobody, and to play up to their competition or not play down to their competition. That's how you become a good team. And so this was impressive for the second youngest team in the NBA to go out there at that level of maturity. And, and Chet Holmgren was asked about, um, you know, how do you prepare yourself to play in a game where, like, you know, on paper, like, you're not really excited to go up against anyone on this team, right? Like, the, the Jazz aren't playing anyone. There's no one that really gets you going in that Utah Jazz box score. How do you how do you get excited about matching up with Kelly Olynyk? You know, and Chat had a really good answer of, you know, the goal isn't to to find a way to get like up for these games. The goal is to be ready for all games and to be ready to play all games. And if they can tap into that, and if that's truly going to be how they view the game, which so far this season it has been, we're a quarter of the way through the season, and that's been consistent. That's been uh, you know a constant for what they're doing. If they can continue that, then then the sky is the limit for what this core can do and what this team can do. But overall, there were some awesome individual efforts, and I know that the uh, competition was not the best for, for for these individuals, but it was still a good sign. You would you would look. Let's preface what we're going to dive into the individuals with this before we go before we go into that. You'd much rather look good against a bad team than look bad against a bad team. So we can get all the qualifiers out there that like. Oh yeah, he did this versus a bad teams. So what? Okay, yeah, they did perform well versus a bad team, and and versus not only a bad team but a depleted bad team. But you'd much rather look good. You'd much rather look good against a bad team than you would look bad, or than you would look eh, like you usually do, right? So we're gonna dive in to some individual performances and also dive into this being the biggest day in franchise history all coming up but first I want to say right now but your friends over at game time and i love game time so go download the game time app use code locked in nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase i think game time if they have it all for you like they have concerts they have comedy shows they have movies uh, they have sporting events they, they have everything i think that that game time is a fantastic fantastic option for the nba specifically it's a great option for everyone else as well but for the NBA specifically, it's a great option because what, what game time is, it gives you last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And in the midst of that, they also have flash deals, they have zone deals, and you get a view from your seat so you know exactly what you're going to buy, exactly uh, where you want to sit at every venue. And with the lowest prices guaranteed, you get event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Why I think it's the best for the NBA is the entire point of game time is that you get those last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed, and they get it right to your phone. And, and even if you buy it, you know, five minutes before tip-off, you're walking in the door and sitting down before the ball's thrown in the air. So with game time, it's so great for the NBA because we know that pretty much every game, like pretty much every game, there is someone who would be interesting that you want to watch that's questionable. And you're like, ah, you know, there's 41 games. Like, like take this next stretch of home games, right? This next stretch of home games, they're they're practically playing the Paycom Center every other day. And it's the midst of the holidays. You know, you're going to have holiday parties and get-togethers and everything. Do I really want to go skip out and, and go to a game without knowing who's who's fully going to play? The beauty of game time is with those last-minute tickets, you can wait it out and just see who's going to play, who's in, who's out, and then make your decision from there. Like in this game, 
It would have been cool to see John Collins play. That might have been a reason to, to, to go to this game because what if he had a cool dunk or something? He was questionable all game long and or all day long, and then it was ruled out, and so you can you can make your decision from there with game time. So that's why I like it. You saw it happen with LeBron, uh, even like a big name like that. The Lakers come back to town. The Clippers come to town. We know the Clippers and, and their injury history, uh, injury report history of what they're going to do. So uh, you know you can use this to your advantage with the NBA at game time. So check it out today. That's again last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Go download the Game Time app. Use code Locked NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms and conditions do apply. That is code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, for $20 off your first purchase. Go download the Game Time app for lowest prices, guaranteed on last-minute tickets. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on Locked On Podcast. On Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball whenever you look at this game you can talk sga at nauseum because sga shot 12 for 17 including this mid-range bank shot which uh he said that he, he did a bank shot because of the angle he was at so he knew that that that, that would uh, help him out i asked him if he called bank he did not he was he was very tickled by that question he did not call bank which Going back to the blue, they hit a game winner uh, from the Paycom Center logo that it banked in. And I asked Cam Woods if KJ Williams called bank, and he said, I hope he called bank, but you know, it went in, so it doesn't matter. So it's a big deal not to call bank. It might, it might be a little a little fine in kangaroo court from SGA. But other than that, he was flawless. Uh, 12, 12 for 17, four rebounds, seven assists, three steals, 30 points. And you know, Tony Jones put it best. And, and I love to see guys like Tony Jones and like when, when their team that they're covering comes to town, what, what's their vibe like? Because, because it's like a fresh perspective. Cause oftentimes like people can get into their own little pockets of what they believe. And it's hard to move them off of that. Whereas when, you know, fresh eyes come to town that, that aren't watching the thunder 41 times that aren't watching you know, 80, 82 times that aren't watching the thunder, um, you know, night day in and day out of practices and everything else. What do they see? And like, it 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 kind of validates some some opinions that you have, and also kind of kind of makes you want to want to reassess some things. And so he put it best whenever he tweeted out that SGA is not even breaking a sweat, and not breaking a sweat for SGA is thirty points in three quarters. It's thirty points in twenty seven minutes. You have one of the best players in the world in Oklahoma City. The Thunder, once again, have one of the best players in the sport. The Thunder, once again, have one of the premier players who you want to build a team around uh, and, and are building a team around. The Thunder have an MVP on their team. Now, the MVP race is fierce, and um, a lot of people deserve to be in the conversation. But SGA is not whispering. 
his MVP candidacy. He's screaming it. SGA is one of the best players in the NBA on both sides of the ball. And for him to come out and set the tone defensively and then also take this game seriously offensively too. Like you can watch other NBA games and like, and like watch some good teams play some bad teams whenever you get the chance. There's some times where the stars will just start doing stuff because like they can. It's a, it's a bad team. It's Utah. Who cares? What does SGA do? You shot in the mid-range, shot in the paint, shot 1-3. That is just an SGA game through and through. He didn't start taking six step back threes just for fun. He stuck to his identity on both ends of the floor. He didn't just all of a sudden stop caring defensively. He didn't just all of a sudden stop, you know, trying to, to play uh, high intensity, high physicality defense. So whenever you see the head of the snake do that, your team's going to follow suit. And I think that that deserves a lot of credit for why this team uh, was able to take the Utah Jazz seriously and able to go wire to wire and win. I don't care who you play, right? You can play the Washington Generals. It's hard to go wire to wire and win a game. So a lot of that deserves to come back to you know, the MVP on this team. So SGA deserves a ton of credit, even though it is Utah. And even though um, you know, seeing him drop 30 points is routine. I mean, it's literally routine. So... Don't uh, don't lose sight of that. J-Dub, in 22 minutes, shot 50% from the floor, uh, had 15 points, three assists, three rebounds, had a ferocious dunk on Kagbashi. I thought Jalen Williams, you know, two for two from three uh, as well. I thought Jalen Williams did a good job of scoring off the bounce, uh, and so that was encouraging, and he's been doing that for the last couple of games. Um, Kaysen Wallace fills in in the starting lineup because Lou Dort was out uh, with an ankle injury. And Kaysen fills in perfectly. I mean, two for four, uh, open catch and shoot threes in the corner, uh, four for eight overall, three boards, two assists, one steal, two blocks, uh, 10 points. The most important thing to me about Kaysen Wallace is when you watch him play on the defensive end, the way he was up in the shorts of Jordan Clarkson, who is one of the best just pure bucket getters in the NBA, who is shifty, who can create space in a phone booth, and Kaysen Wallace never on a fake case and Wallace never, uh, you know, got lost. Like he was literally under uh, Jordan Clarkson creating that kind of leverage and then rising up and contesting the shot. It, it was a frustrating night for Jordan Clarkson. You know, a rookie primarily held Jordan Clarkson to three for 13 shooting and eight points. Like that stuff is, is unbelievable for a rookie who has such great work ethic and has such um, great structure in Oklahoma City of of defensive-minded coaching staff and development that can get him even higher on that list of of defenders in the NBA. He was really good uh, in this game tonight. Chet was knocking down threes again, which is a well-welcome sign. He went two for three from three. Uh, He mentioned after the game, he was asked about uh, getting back on track from beyond the arc, and he said, well, I hit one in the Golden State game, so I'm hot now. Uh, hopefully that confidence continues uh, this this week in Sacramento in Denver. But two for three from three is is the imp- uh, you know important sign there. After some struggling uh, shooting the ball from three the last couple of games, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks, eight, uh, sixteen points from from Chet Holmgren. And then to round out that kind of starting five, you get to Josh Giddy, and, and I think that Josh Giddy played his best game of the season. Uh, he he missed a few inside shots that 
that he just has to hit. And, and, and you know, you never want to see a player miss easy shots like that. But what I thought was encouraging uh, comparatively to other games was he missed some bunnies early on in the game. And prior to this, he had been kind of letting those shots unravel him, it felt like. Like, he was so demonstrative after he missed them and frustrated and and, and just it looked like to be uh, kind of like in his own head about missing that shot, where then it would throw off three or four other shots. But but to his credit, he, he missed a couple easy uh, bunnies and then was just right back into the uh, into the offense and, and, and not hesitant to go up over Keontae George a couple of times. And so just overall, the game was better from Josh Giddey. He opens up the game with a with a relocation corner three. He has two of three threes in this game. Uh, like I said, scored over Keontae George. But the most encouraging part was his passing. And it's not the the eight assists. Like there were multiple potential assists, like the one behind the back to Isaiah Joe, who's wide open in the slot and you just want him to hit it. And uh, he'll hit that shot more often than not. Uh, but like the passing off the dribble was something that he had lost in the last 20 games, something that he had lost, lost, lost in the last 20 games. Him to add that back, you see how it opens the floor up for him. Running in transition, he had multiple, like two on one, three on one scenarios, you know, in the in the past few games where he just botched it. But, I, I, you know, and there's just no explanation for it. Today, he runs it to perfection, and he even gives off this little pitch pass fake, go over dump off to SGA, and just has the defender in a blender. So like. Josh Giddy getting back to those things was so big. And then the most important part, Josh Giddy, the first two years of his career was an elite rebounder, like elite. Look at the numbers. Like for his position, he ranked in the 90 plus percentile as a rebounder. Like he was elite. And in this game, he got back to that. He got 10 rebounds himself, but he also, uh, as we started to see against Golden State in his minutes, he also put bodies on guys and was able to, to, to just box out and help contain, you know, the, the, the glass margin, it would help, help limit what the jazz could do on putbacks, tap out, uh, you know, rebounds and stuff as well for Josh Giddy. So, you know, 10 rebounds, eight point, uh, eight assists and, and 12 points with a block and a steal. You'll take that every day of the week. You'll take that every day of the week from Josh Giddy. So it, it was an encouraging game from Josh Kitty uh, with the qualifiers of bad team, terrible Utah Jazz team, whatever, whatever. Uh, we'll see what he can do in the next couple of games. But like I said, you'd rather play good in these games than play poorly in these games. And so Josh did play uh, good in this game. Coming up, we're going to talk about the most important day in franchise history and Usman Jang, how he did in this contest. But first, let's hear right now. Bucket friends over at FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel.com is the place to be because whether uh, as the weather gets colder, the NFL heats up and on FanDuel, you can go there right now because new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets. Uh, if you win your $5 money line bet, you get $150 in bonus bets. The money line is just who you think will win. So you can go out there and you can bet on the biggest favorite on the board. If they win, boom, you win that bonus bet of $150. So go there right now to FanDuel. It's a great time because they have the NFL, they have the NBA, they have the NHL, they have college football, uh, college basketball. Uh, they have it all for you. They also have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go visit them at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on uh, to get started today. 
FanDuel is the official partner of Lockdown in the NFL. Check it out today. And so it's this easy. You just go over to FanDuel, and when you do, bada bing, bada boom, it pulls up the biggest games that you can go and and and, and bet on. Dallas Mavericks at home hosting the Los Angeles Lakers. They're three and a half point underdogs in the AAC. How will that go tonight on TNT? You can check it out at FanDuel. So go there right now to FanDuel.com slash lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Also, Check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is going to have you covered 24-7, covering the top stories in sports with our local experts on the Locked On Podcast Network, plus the national shows covering every single league. So go check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We're back talking Thunder basketball real quickly. Let's hit on the end of this bench in, in, in this game. So Usman Jang and Selimicic got first quarter minutes. Usman Jang was awesome in this game. He had 18 points, which which is his new season high for this year, uh, and close to his, his career high. His career high is 22. Uh, he had 18 in this game with three assists and three rebounds. He went three for four from beyond the arc and six for seven uh, from the floor. He overall looked much more aggressive and, 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 and played with much more force. He also went up a lot stronger. And that has been a point of intentionality from Usman Jang in the G League and in warm-ups. Like Usman Jang uh, warms up every game at about 4.10 or so with David Akinyoye. And whenever they go through, like, you know, short roll scenarios in the dunker spot, pick and roll stuff, when they go through that, it's very intentional to dunk the ball, dude. Like you are athletic as all get out. Dunk the ball, right? And so getting into that mode of like being aggressive and, and playing with more offensive force has been a theme for Usman Jang the last two years, and you're seeing it come through. Him going up strong got him two opportunities at the free throw line. Him going up strong got him a great baseline dunk, and it opened things up for the Thunder. He also was able to mix it up for three rebounds, all defensive rebounds as well. Usman Jang played really well. He played really well in the G League as well. Like I, As I said you know, two weeks ago, that he's playing his best basketball in the G League. That was not hyperbolic because that was his best ever stint in the G League was what you saw with the Blue this season. And beneficial to him Cam Woods in the blue used him the way he's going to be used in the Thunder. Now, he did start with, with the blue, but uh, he came off the bench and, and had to play and, and be ready to play in these short, like, you know, five-minute bursts. And so Cam talked about how hard it is, but, like, it's hard to do this, but you have to be ready to go into the game at any time and to only play a certain amount of time where you can't use any of that 
opportunity as a way to ramp up. You've just got to be ready to go and throw yourself into competition. And Usman Jang was able to do that in this game. Um, you know, again, it's the Jazz, whatever, whatever. But uh, Usman Jang, just the the, the aggressiveness and the non-hesitant to shoot from three uh, and, and the force he went up with on, on cuts and on uh, rim finishes, those are all things that are translatable. And the difference, no matter who you play, independent of your competition, no matter if you're playing the Delaware Bluecoats and Darius Baisley, or if you're playing the Utah Jazz, or if you're playing the Kings and Lakers uh, this week. Vasily Micic uh, got 15 minutes of run in this one. Not much doing overall offensively besides the five assists. Uh, he, an, he's an undeniable uh, great passer. But my, my biggest thing with Vasily Micic is I think that he's going to continue to to struggle a little bit, but I still feel confident in my opinion of by the end of the year he will be a much uh, a much more viable option in rotation because what he's missing right now, and I don't really care about going one for five in this game from him. What he's missing right now is defensively the Thunder play this kind of unconventional style, especially sort of from, from, from what he was used to where guys are switching and they're crashing into the paint. So they've got to spray out off of missed shots. And, and if you're a split second late or make a split second, bad decision, you've messed everything up. So to say defensively, like it, it so there's a play last night where the Utah gets a missed shot. Well, everybody's in the paint. Well, well, the thunder guys who like have been with OKC and have been playing, they know who to the, who to then go match up with. Who's your closest guy to go tag? That way you can you can recover. Well, Usman, uh, we're up. Uh, Misic is in between two guys, and he picks the guy in the corner because theoretically the corner three is the easiest shot in basketball, so you want to take that away. However, the Thunder had a player who crashed the glass and was out of bounds under the basket. His easiest guy to go fly out to is that corner shooter. So you'd rather go to the guy in the slot, even though. Um, the likelihood of is of it is the ball is going to go to the corner because if you go to the guy in the slot, then the guy that's under the basket can fly out to the corner. And now we're back to being matched up. Now you're back to being kind of uh, in sync, but you have to be used to that. You have to be used and, and comfortable with, Hey, I'm playing with some fantastic athletes who can uh, go sprint out and recover. Uh, and you kind of got to know who to, who to uh, go out there and guard because that slight hesitation let up a wide open three from Utah and, he, and they nailed it. So those are kind of the things defensively that I think are going to get cleaned up as like when you're on the court and getting to see it in real time, it's it's going to be a quicker learning curve because now you've seen it. When you're in the film room and you're breaking it down, now you've seen it, now you can adjust, right? So like as he gets more adjusted to that part of things, I think that he'll be more involved in the rotation. Now, I'm not saying that he'll be uh, a, a bulk minute player or a starter, but I think he'll be more involved in the rotation than he has been to this point uh, for, for, for Micic. But that's kind of what I thought about his minutes because I know a lot of you have been asking about Micic. Today is the biggest day in franchise history. It is by far the biggest day in franchise history uh, because today determines the fate of the franchise. Um, again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said yesterday. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I'm not going to tell you what to do at the polls because that's, in my opinion, a, a belief that you should uh, – Vote how you feel and vote how 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 you see fit. But with this arena vote, just know, like, if you want to be principled and in, in, in your beliefs and stonk in your beliefs, starts in your beliefs of 
of this is a bad deal from the ownership group and I'm not going to subsidize an ownership's uh, building. More power to you, but you are not really sticking it to the ownership group because they're going to get their money. If this vote fails, they're going to sell for $4 billion and the, and the new owners will, will move the team away and it will be a rehashment of what happened in Seattle. The, the, the mayor has said over and over again since the beginning that the Thunder are not going to renegotiate this deal. No matter if this fails or not, the Thunder will just move. And so the owners are going to get their money. What you're voting on is if you would like to ensure that the, that the Oklahoma City city remains a big league city through 2025, that the city itself continues to uh, revitalize and continues to grow and continues to, to kind of build upon the progress that they've already made, right? And you're voting to do something that, that has been done in Oklahoma City in 30-year increments since the beginning of time, and that's building a new arena that the city owns and the Thunder pay into, you know, paying rent as the anchor tenant in, in, to the, in, into the city. And the city gets all non-basketball-related income. So I get it. You know, the, the ownership group, you can absolutely bang the drum for that they should have done more that this is a bad deal. I'm with you there. But voting no is only hurting Oklahoma City. It's not hurting Clay Bennett. It's not hurting any other portion of the organization. It's not hurting anyone but the city to lose their only shot at pro sports. I love this state. I love this city. I love everything about Oklahoma. As a lifelong Oklahoman, it's very important to me that we continue to grow independent of whatever messaging you want to send to the ownership group that doesn't care, frankly, right? Like this, if this fails and Mayor Holt's telling you that they're going to move, they're going to get their money either way, right? Either they're going to get a brand spick new arena and they're going to look like heroes for keeping the team here, or they'll go look like quote unquote villains and, but they're going to have $4 billion and they're going to be fine. So like, don't necessarily focus on that part of things in my opinion, because it's not going to send the message that you wanted to send. But that's just my opinion. I would vote yes. Um, uh, if, if I had a vote, I'd vote yes. If you want to vote no, though, and you want to stand on those principles, and you want to stand on the fact that no ownership group should should uh, have this bad of a deal for the city, I can't blame you. I really can't. Uh, but just know like what the deal is. This, this is not a no, and the owners are going to come crawling back with the renegotiation number. Dave Holt's been telling you that they're not going to, that this is not a negotiation. This is an ultimatum. Bad, you know, bad, good, or indifferent, or ugly, or whatever you want to call that, that's the deal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with this vote today. But just know, like, whatever you see happen, yes or no, in this election tonight, whenever it gets, uh, whenever it gets revealed, that's the fate of the franchise in Oklahoma City. And we'll talk about all the fallout, fallout of it on tomorrow's show. But until then, be good and be good to one another. You are locked on thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.